The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, Sam, it's CQ time. We are so excited to be here today on Go Country, we cannot wait to introduce our guest, So today we have one of my favorite persons in the entire world, our friend, our colleague, our mentor. We have dual certified specialist, both with family law and appellate, Ron Funk. But before we get to him and you guys get to learn all about him and he's gonna answer some questions and you guys are just, you guys are in for such a treat. We just wanna give a quick shout out to Rob and Larry. We hope you guys love their show as much as we do. But before we get there, Sam, where do we start today? I think we should get into the TMI and and our question jar. And I think that it's very fitting for us to have Ron go first and draw a question out of the jar. What do you think, Kristen? I love it. But can we tell our listeners just how I love that Ron's here with us? Ron is such an intelligent and experienced specialist. And the fact that we get to have him on our show it's just so humbling to us it really is and ron we want to thank you for being here thanks for having me i'm excited um and and, uh, i'm ready to talk (laughs) all right well i think we should make ron go first what do you think i agree all right ron So Ron's pulling from the TMI jar, which means too much information. And if anyone has ever heard the custody queens, Sam and I, give too much information, it's definitely been Ron. All right. Yeah, I've heard lots of uh, strange stuff about both of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The question is, do you have any strange hobbies? Uh, I don't think it's strange, but I do. Uh, I uh, raise ball pythons snakes we uh, uh my wife and i started doing this i've been uh, obsessed with snakes since i was a little kid and we finally started i finally talked her into it uh we are now collecting and starting to breed ball pythons in fact we're going to pair our first two up tonight or tomorrow pipe some berry white into the uh, snake room and it's actually really cool. I'm not a huge snake fan, but Ron and his wife have an Instagram going. What's the handle, Ron? Uh, Funky Town Exotics. It's it's pretty <laughs> cool. You got to check it out. And, and what do you mean by pair? What does that consist of? Well, you you, you take a boy snake and a girl snake. When two and people love each other you put very them much. Together. <laughs> And hopefully you end up with a bunch of baby snakes. But doesn't it take like a weird period of time or something? Well, we'll start pairing them up now and over the next few months, probably a few more times. And hopefully they'll uh, uh, start laying eggs in, say, March or April. Very cool. And how many eggs does a snake have? (laughs) Well, ball python. Uh, we'll have anywhere from six to, uh, I've seen some with a dozen eggs. 
Um, ours are still uh, relatively young, so we're hoping for six or seven out of each of the females. That's crazy. Well, we all know how I feel about snakes. How do you feel about snakes, Sam? Uh, I'm okay with them. I mean, I, I don't know that I would have 17 in my house like Ron, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm cool with them. Oh, I could never sleep over Ron. Like, I, I <laughs> like say, Tara, I love Ron's wife to death, but... Same kind of like rat tails and snake skin. Uh, ooh, no, no bueno. All right, all right, Sam, you want to pull from the jar? You're sure. next. All right, so I just pulled a question from the question jar. Did you have a childhood nickname? If so, what? I actually, I did. Um, my, my sweet dad. I, I love my dad i can't even tell you what an amazing human being my father is we had a soccer team growing up and my dad was the coach and i value our time together so much and there was another girl on the team named sam so he nicknamed me big sam <laughs> and her little sam and he even went so far as to like embroider Big Sam on every, and this followed me for years. Like, so my soccer bag, everything had Big Sam, and it was just very sweet. And it just that actually really makes me think about my dad. I love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I had a nickname. My last name's Holstrom, as everybody knows, and they called me Holy Holy Holstrom. I was a very innocent child, and so all through college, I was holy for short as I got <laughs> older, but I was Holy Holy Holstrom. I don't know that that would, you know stand true today <laughs> that's funny i didn't know that ron any nicknames um just one i didn't like when they'd call me ronald mcdonald <laughs> um, that was mostly elementary school i don't know how you don't have had more nicknames with the last name funk i it, I, I just didn't. Uh, at least not that you can repeat on radio. <laughs> yeah, That's this, fair. this is PG. <laughs> All right, Kristen, your turn. All right, I'm going to open mine now. I am opening the question. It's a long one. If you could see anyone in concert right now, who would it be? Oh, this, is a, this is an easy one. Kane brown and if he could perform a heaven for me oh i would melt away all day kane brown that was an easy one what about you sam i think i'm gonna have to go with beyonce yeah i could always do beyonce she's definitely legit what about you ron i would have to say you probably haven't heard of them the water boys it's their European group that's been around a long time. You're right, Ron. Never heard of them. But I, I, a more local one, I, I kind of like uh, Airborne Toxic Event, too. Don't know them either. Oh, boy. But you know what's funny? So whenever I'm in the middle of, like, you know, a trial brief or, you know, a project or prepping for the show or pretty much anything that kind of stresses me out, I play Kane Brown Heaven on repeat. And what's kind of funny is there's multiple Alexas in our office, specifically one in the billing department. So, and they're connected to the same account. So when I play Kane Brown Heaven on repeat, 
the billing department knows that I'm stressed out because it starts playing heaven on repeat in their office and it, somehow my Alexa takes over theirs and so they just laugh and they all go oh don't go near Kristen's office that's funny but it's such a great song it really just puts you in the zone and if you listen to the words it's one of the most beautiful songs ever but love him I, I think my wife would want to go with you to that concert oh he is he I love Kane Brown so that's awesome we'll have to do a custody queen show from a Kane Brown concert can our production team make that happen I'll try. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Ron, why don't you yes. tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, I'm married. I have six kids, uh, ranging in age from 22 to uh, I have six-year-old twins. Um, uh, let's see. I race snakes. Um, love sports. I uh, used to play a lot of sports. What sports? Uh, well, I ran track in high school. I actually also played soccer up until my freshman year of high school. Nice. Uh, I was not very good. <laughs> it's uh, that you played that matters. Yeah, but uh, but I did. Uh, I, I, I was a high jumper, and I, I my highest was six feet, which is okay. That's really good. But it was uh, yeah. I, I wanted to be able to jump over my head, and I was able to <laughs> once. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners what it means to be a certified family law specialist and a certified appellate specialist? I think it means you're dumb enough to take two of those tests. <laughs> so that means you took the bar exam and two of the specialist yeah, tests? Yes, I did. And it was like a, a bar exam all over again. And Ron's really humble, but he is one of the few attorneys that has a dual certification in both family law and appellate law. And it makes him such a great resource for our firm because we have a potential additional remedy. And so I think Ron's gonna let us know a little bit about what an appeal is and why it's important to consider an appeal at times. And Ron is actually one of four in the state of California that holds the level of expertise and qualifications that Ron has. Yeah, you, have, you have to have a lot of experience in, in the area uh, you have to take a test to show your competency. You have to uh, um, uh, take a, do a lot of uh, educational courses with it and make an application. And, and uh, yeah, there's four of us in the state right now. That's awesome. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So what is an appeal, Ron? Uh, when you think the judge has made a mistake, in an order, you can file an appeal. And if he, if the higher court, which is uh, going to be a panel of three uh, appellate judges, if they agree with you, then they can reverse the judge below. And what do you, when you say mistake, what does what does that mean? Well, it means if if uh, the judge applied the law incorrectly. And there's a lot of cases that judges have to know and apply, and and it's. Uh, sometimes easy to, to get it wrong. And so if they, if they don't apply the law right or uh, just make a bad decision that doesn't uh, comply with the, the correct statutes, then uh, yeah, you can appeal and they might be reversed. So can you appeal any case? 
You can uh, you can appeal any case, um, but uh, whether your appeal will be successful determines uh, or is determined by a lot of different factors. Uh, the the most likely uh, time you're going to win is if you can convince the appellate court that the judge misapplied the law. Are there time restraints on filing an appeal? Yeah, usually you need to file it within uh, 60 days of the order. There, there are some circumstances where it can be longer, but uh, I like to be safe. So I get a lot of calls with people wanting to file an appeal on a restraining order. Is that something that you handle that you would recommend? Is it doable? Uh, it is, and uh, I've handled uh, uh, appeals of restraining orders. Um, in restraining orders, there's going to be a lot of very fact-specific uh, uh, factors, and uh, those are the kinds of appeals that are a little more difficult, but uh, uh, particularly when you're talking about some of the uh, uh, newer or more cutting-edge areas of domestic violence, such as with, with uh, text messages and uh, things that are non physical violent uh, uh, there certainly is a lot of area there for the for there to be an error by the court in applying the law so Ron can you tell our listeners a little bit about the difference between an appeal and a writ I hear both of those used somewhat interchangeably and I know that they're different things uh, they are different uh, an appeal is when you have a final order or a judgment that we call an appealable order and uh, uh, if, if you have an appealable order, then you have to file an appeal. But sometimes an appeal is not sufficient. If there's not a, a uh, uh, if it's not a final order or it's something that's very time sensitive, you can file an emergency writ with the appellate court uh, and uh, ask that they deal with it immediately rather than going through the longer process of an appeal. And so as Ron knows, because he's also a certified family law specialist, there are different potential remedies that you may have in a case if you don't like where it's going. It's not always an appeal. It's not always a writ. Sometimes there are other avenues that Kristen, I, and Ron would pursue first. And Kristen, you want to talk about any of those? Yeah, there's, and this is always a cost-benefit analysis, it's a timing analysis, it's who is the judge, how likely is the success of each, is each of these pleadings on its face. Um, sometimes you want to consider filing a motion to set aside an order. Sometimes you want to file a motion for reconsideration, depending if you have a window to do so. It's generally a 10-day window. Sometimes you can file um, a motion to modify. Ron, why don't you walk us through each of those really quickly? Okay. Uh, a motion for reconsideration is it has a very short time period. You have 10 days to file that motion. Uh, and you have to show that there are new or different uh, facts, circumstances, or law which uh, the judge didn't properly apply. Uh, one of the difficulties with that is, especially in family law, you're going to be making the motion of the same judge who, who made the order. So you have to convince the judge that he was wrong. So give me an example of, of when you would file a motion for reconsideration. Well, there might be a rare uh, situation where in that 10-day period, a new case uh, was published that affects your, uh, your situation, 
or if a new witness came forward that was unavailable before, you have to show some diligence and, and that you uh, weren't just negligent in not sharing this. And sometimes the order is so, what the attorney believes to be so not on point that you're literally asking the judge to relook at the facts and relook at the law and basically reapply the law. And, and you, would, you would provide supporting points and authorities when you uh, file your re- your motion for reconsideration, right? Yeah, uh, that, that's correct. And points and authorities is just a fancy way of saying, we're going to show you the law and the facts of the case, and we're going to put them together and tell you why, Your Honor, we believe you should rule in what favor. But like Ron said, the funny thing is you're asking the same judge that made the ruling to make a finding that his ruling was not correct 10 days prior. Yeah, most judges that I come across are are self-aware enough and and care enough that uh, if if you really do make a good case that there's something new that they didn't consider, they'll they'll consider it. And I have seen judges uh, turn around uh, their own orders before. Okay, and when give us an example of when you would file a motion to set aside. Well. Motion to set aside, uh, there's there's a couple of different ways that comes about. Sometimes if someone gets a default judgment against them and it wasn't due to your own negligence, you know, you, you just uh, maybe service was wrong or something What's like a default that. judgment? A default is when uh, a somebody is served with a petition, a petition for divorce like we do. Um, and the 30 days passes and you don't file a response um, and they, they can ask the, the court for a default uh, judgment and they ask to get an entry of default and then submit a judgment. Uh, uh, you can file a motion to, uh, to set that aside. For instance, if it went to a, the, the petition went to a bad address or for some reason that's not your own fault, uh, uh, you, you weren't able to participate and got the default judgment against you, then you can ask for it to be set aside. Other situations which are very specific to family law are if there's a stipulated judgment where, where the husband and the wife stipulate to something, but there was some mistake of law or there was perjury uh, involved by one of the parties in the disclosures. Uh, or if there was fraud involved or duress, uh, uh, then potentially the judgment could be set aside on those grounds. So kind of in sum, there are different grounds under the law that we can potentially apply to set aside a judgment or an order. There are also ways that we may be able to move forward outside of the area of appellate law or by taking a writ by applying simply some of the procedures at the trial court level. However, it's important to take a look at all potential remedies, which is why Ron's so great and Kristen and I are always in his office, because we can really take a look at the whole picture. Ron, is there anything that you would say to someone that is going through a family law case that may be looking at an appeal in the future, they're not sure where their case is going, is there any tips that you would give them? Um, well, one, I, I, I would contact an attorney as soon as possible because you don't know when the deadlines are going to be. You don't know if, if it's something that's appealable or if you need to take a writ. And even if you're taking a writ, if you wait too long, uh, you, you may uh, uh, forfeit your, your right to do it. Um, I would make sure that, that you ob- 
that there are objections uh, to everything that's objectionable, um, and uh, uh, that you make a good record. Yeah, Ron is always reminding everyone at the office how important it is to make a good record. What does it mean to make a record, Ron? Well, you, you make sure, for one, if the other party is, is and this is for if, if someone is on their own, acting as their own attorney, we call it improper, um, uh, and you're putting on your case and the other party is testifying, if they say something that is objectionable, and one of the most common is hearsay, if they're saying, well, this guy said that, um, well, that's you, you want to put the objection on the record, objection hearsay. Um, it, it, and you just want to make sure that all of your arguments are in front of the judge. And sometimes when trials get going, it's easy for the judge to kind of go on and, and, and uh, not give you the chance to put everything on the record. So you can stop the judge and say, Your Honor, I'd like to make a record. And the judge will do it. And, and making a record is actually a court reporter physically writing down every word that the attorney is saying, if there's testimony that a witness is stating that the judge is stating and so they're required to keep everything in what we call a record and that record is really important for an appeal and whenever a judge hears an attorney say your honor i would like the you know i would like for the record or i would like the court to clarify for the record that is not a very good sign for the judge so ron how would you advise any litigants out there to clearly preserve the record I, one, I, I would not be afraid to object. Um, and honestly, if you just Google proper courtroom objections, you can find a good list. They're pretty standard in all jurisdictions. Uh, uh, do some study beforehand and make sure you understand uh, what objections you can make. Uh, make your objections and ask the court if, if you feel like the court isn't giving you uh, uh, your full say, just ask the court, may I please make a record? And is there anything at the end of a party's argument that they should say before the end of the hearing? Yep, ask for a statement of decision. Uh, and in most cases, uh, particularly in, in trials, divorce trials, uh, but even in some uh, preliminary motions, uh, the court is required to do that. But you have to do that before you submit the case to the court for decision. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at one 800 41 that's 1-800-419-7772 all right well now i think it's time for us to take a quick break from appeals and take a message from one of our listeners hi custody queens my name is benjamin from ontario i recently lost my job due to the pandemic how do i modify my child support payments thank you very much well, Benjamin, first and foremost, we are super apologetic and understanding that you lost your job. A lot of people are sitting in the same boat that you have or that you are in right now. And the good news is there are a lot of options for you. So I'm going to let Sam and Ron answer that question for you, too. 
So Benjamin, I would say the first thing that you want to do, like Kristen and I always say, is to consult with an attorney. You may be looking at filing a motion to modify support with the court based on your new circumstance. Yeah, and you want to do that as quick as possible. Uh, I, I really hate it when people call and, and say that I lost my job a year ago. I'm behind on my child support. Can you, can you get, reduce it and take away the arrears? And I have to say, I can't. I can get it modified. But if you've lost your job, you need to file a motion very quickly. Yeah, that's a good point that Ron just made because the courts are about eight to 10 weeks out from the time that you file the motion until you get a court date. There's not a lot about what we can do prior to the court date or at least prior to the filing, which is the retroactivity from the court date to the filing. But we can help modify it, at least if it's warranted on the facts, and there is a change in circumstance with respect to the income. But if you wait six months before you call us and you file it, there's not a lot we can do. But if you call as soon as that change happens, then we can get your motion filed and we can get that hearing date on calendar and we can modify it provided that obviously the circumstances are supported by that position. And the court does look at all income. So if you have a new job by the time you get to court, then the court will likely look at that new income. But you don't want to wait. If you have a loss of employment or a loss of income, do not sit on your hands and bury your head in the sand and wait. So that's exactly right, Kristen. I couldn't agree with you more. So I wanted to talk a little bit about a pretty famous case that Ron was involved in. All of us family law practitioners use day to day. What is that, Ron? Uh, this is Andrew V versus the Superior Court. And this was a case that I was involved in. This was an appeal where the uh, mother uh, wanted to move out of state. I think it was to Washington uh, with the children. And she was the primary custodial parent. Uh, she filed a motion with the court. They went through uh, the process. They, they got a, a 730 evaluation, which is a child custody evaluation with a custody expert. Um, and had it all set up for a hearing. The report came out and the father's attorney, uh, for some reason, was unable to review the report in time to subpoena the expert to, the, uh, uh, to court. And uh, uh, so they asked for a continuance. The mom was set to start a new job in Washington two days later, as had been previously planned. And uh, uh, so the court said, okay, I'm going to temporarily allow you to move and then we'll hold the hearing. Father filed a writ. This was the emergency writ. And the court said, no, you, you, you can't make that order on a temporary basis. There has to be a full evidentiary hearing where you can call all the witnesses that, that you want. Uh, uh, before you can make the order. And in any case, the order should have been delayed for th at least 30 days to give the father the opportunity to file a writ. And what's interesting about Ron's case that he was involved in is that the rest of us attorneys out here who are trying to prevent moveaways or really involving an, a case involved any move away, it, it cites this case when we are filing motions. And Ron, what was the verdict in that case? It, it was the, the appellate court reversed the trial court and uh, they actually required the, the children to stay in California with the father until there could be a, a full evidentiary hearing on the move away. 
So the take home is what? Uh, the take home is be, before you can move in most circumstances while a case is going, there's going to need to be a full evidentiary hearing where both parents have the chance to submit evidence and make arguments to the court either for or against the move. And while there's always limited exceptions to every rule and case law, this is super relevant to what's going on today and a lot of relocation and move away cases. Would you agree, Sam? Absolutely. So I think that's all the time we have for today, unfortunately. It was so awesome to have Ron here and to kind of discuss something that was really important for us. Uh, appeals and writs. It's something we use every day. We do have a special surprise for Ron for appearing on our show and just being an all-around awesome resource and attorney for us always. So with that said, we wanted to provide <laughs> Ron with a crown that is perfect for his head and so he can be a custody queen because we love him that much and he is so special to us and not only is he special he truly is one of the most amazing humans that we know and that's just one of the great things about our firm is that we truly get to bounce ideas off some of the most brilliant attorneys at Holstrom Block and Park. All right so don't forget to check out our show next Saturday and every Saturday at 8 30 on Go Country 105. Don't forget to check us out on custodyqueensonair.com. My personal Instagram handle is at Samantha McBride. Kristen's is at Custody Queen Kristen. If you want to check out some cool snakes, Ron's is at Funky Town Exotics. You can also give us a call at 1 800 419 7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And we're going to let Ron do the honors, but let's remember, let, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us, we're the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.